Our next speaker is someone who knows his way around business, industry, and technical education. He earned his undergraduate and graduate engineering degrees from Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute and his MBA from Harvard University. He served as an Army officer through Vietnam and worked with Ford Motor Company. Later, he worked with United Technologies Incorporated. He's been recognized for his unwavering advocacy for technical education and workforce development by numerous organizations. Skills USA itself honored him with the coveted Torch Carrier Award and our Champion of the Year Award, recognizing his support for growing America's future skilled workforce. So please join me in welcoming our friend, Nick Pinchuk. Skills USA. You know, I'm excited to be here. I've been thinking about that for weeks, coming out to see you all and marching out to Old Town Road. It's a great song, don't you think? I have to start out by, by thanking Caroline Daly, uh, Daly for that, uh, Florida, for that great uh, introduction. Florida! For the, for that kind and, and well-delivered uh, introduction. You know, uh, I know she's studying automotive manufacturing, but if she ever decides not to do that, she's got a, I think, probably a career in television presenting. It's, uh, it's terrific to be here face-to-face. -face. I've been into many of these, and over the two years we couldn't come, I felt so sad about it. But the idea to be here with the, with the unique excitement and enjoyment and the enthusiasm that all you have make me feel terrific. I think everybody can enjoy this kind of situation. And what it tells me, what it tells me most of all is that Skills USA had to work at a distance for over two years, but we came out of this great withering they call the virus, and we are stronger than ever before. Now, there, there are people we should, we should thank for this, though. So, your new executive director, Shelley Travis, you know, her, sta her staff, the board of directors, the instructors, the advisors, all the supporters and all of you. These are the people who brought us together, industry, education, students, united as one, back here together. So let's give them a round of applause for preserving this great organization. It was worth it. I don't know, I don't know if, you, uh, if you had a chance to talk to Shelly Travis, but I just talked to her this evening up in the lounge, you know, and we were talking, she's quite a person, and she tells me, you know, I came here from Chicago woman from Chicago, and she says, Nick, Illinois up there, right, how are you getting back? She says, how are you getting back? You know, aren't you worried? 6,000 flights were, were canceled over the weekend. She says, how do you think you're getting back? And I what I told her, I says, I'm not worried. 
I told her. You know what I told her. Shelly, Shelly Travis asked me how we're getting back with 6,000 flights canceled. I said I wasn't worried because I got the horses in the back. Horse tack is attached. Had his Maddie Black, got boots that black to match. I've been practicing in a mirror for weeks, you know? <laughs> Look, my message is going to be simple. It's pretty simple. You relate to it. You've heard it before in some ways. We hold that our present society has advanced to its current culture through the hands, the minds, and I add the hearts of working men and women. Does that sound familiar to all of you? This is about the dignity of work. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to make the case that you are an important part of this. Skills USA is an essential part of this. I'm going to do it by asking and answering three questions. Who are we? We are Americans and we are a unique people. This is an extraordinary country. I'm going to ask, how did we get here? We got here because of the people of work, the makers and fixers that have helped us day in and day out in good times and bad. And where are we going from here? It's all in the faces of all of you. You are the guarantors, the guarantors of America's future. I'm going to give a little twist. This is an important time. You are not only the guarantors of our future, you are the people of America's today. You know, it's fun. When you get, when you get to invited to come to a, a group like this, it's a lot of fun, you know. And, but you think about it, you know, I'm, I'm going to be comfortable and so on. And Chris Anderson just walked me out and he had me back and he was talking to me. So I'd like to just recognize him from the show me state of Missouri, Chris Anderson. And I'm here with a lot of, I'm here with a lot of kindred spirits because I live in the land of Lincoln, Illinois. And I work in the Badger State, Wisconsin. Right? And I was born in the Empire State, New York, the hard hats. And I went to school. I went to school in a place called the Bay State, Massachusetts. Okay, I only got 25 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Actually, it sounded a little wimpy for Massachusetts in the past, you know. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. Look, you know, we all read the newspaper. These are interesting times. Interesting and troubling words have entered our vocabulary. Inflation. Supply chain disruption, you know, uh, lockdowns all over the world, the pandemic, market crashes, and a place called the Ukraine. And the thing about these kinds of things is they tend to, across the population, get some people on edge. They get nervous. They worry. They have uncertainties. And I read some headlines 
that I have to share with you that I really was troubled by. One, just in the last couple of weeks, one in the Washington Post. It said, America can't do big things anymore. Hmm? And then in the Atlantic Monthly, a tremendous, a tremendous uh, publication, which I have a lot of respect for. What's behind America's decline? And then from the capital of uh, California, Sacramento, the observer, it's America. Not for this one. America is no longer the top country in the world. Well, I tell you, I'm from Snap-on. You ever heard of this company? We like it too. We are the people of work, and we make virtually everything we sell right here in America, but we do do business in 130 countries around the world. It sounds like most of them. And in my job, I tend to visit many of those countries, and I can tell you, based on those visits, based on what I see in those visits to all those countries around the world, that without equivocation, without qualification, without question, I can forcefully say that America is still the greatest country in the world. You know, we have our problems, you know? Everybody has problems, we have problems, we want to fix them. But America is still the greatest country in the world. We have more comfort, greater mobility, and wider range of opportunities than any nation in the history of this planet. We have 35% we have more paved roads than a number two country. We have three times as many airports as the number two company, country. And you know, in fact, they talk about China coming up and China's expanding and they added more than 50 airports last year. And if they do that for three or four more decades, they may catch up to us. We have three times as many Nobel Prize winners, which is the than the number two. And China, we had 300, China has 11. And of the 11, six were associated with American universities. This is the greatest country in the world, but it, it, it raises a question, who are we? Who are Americans? Do you ever ask yourself, what makes an American? Well, it's not origin. We come from everywhere. My grandparents came from, uh, from Eastern Europe in, uh, 100 years ago sailed under the Statue of Liberty. It's not a standard religion because all forms of worship are found here. It's not even the map because the map has changed as often as we've added the stars to the, to the flag and two have been added in my lifetime. What makes an American is this commonality we share and that is belief. We have common beliefs. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those words broke on the consciousness of man 245 years, 11 months, and 13 days ago. And this continent, and I dare say the world, has never been the same. We share this belief. It's what makes us American. And if you, doubt, if, you doubt the special, if you doubt the special status of America, let me tell you just something else. We demonstrate that belief constantly, from sea to shining sea, in town to town, where home after home is, is showing and displaying the stars and stripes, voluntarily, 
in numbers that is not seen in any other country in the world. We are Americans because we have belief and we believe in this country. Now, you can ask yourself, okay, we are the, so Americans are marked by being the people of belief. But then people have asked, well, how is it we've ascended over all other nations, like having more paved roads and so on? And historians have studied this. People like David Landis, Wealth and Poverty of Nations from Harvard, and Paul Kennedy, the Engineers of Victory from Yale, and Arthur Herman, the Freedom's Forge from Catholic University. And what they have found, they've found some things that you already know viscerally in your bones, that the American society, the world we know, the world we know, where we live, how we move, the cities we raise, the energies we wield, the hopes we hold, and the dreams we dare are all shaped by skill and work. This is what you're about. And when you ask these people, it's true. It's true. And when you ask these people, these historians, you say, well, you know, how is it we escape? They said, well, you know, American, America has ascended on the brilliance of the few in some cases, and that's true. We've had people like Washington and Jefferson and, and Lincoln and Roosevelt and King and Kennedy and Edison and Ford, brilliant people. But their brilliance would have never shined through without the efforts of the many. Everyday people who did extraordinary things. And that's what delivered America day after day after day after day, making the society we hold so dear. But the times we see it the most is when we're in trouble, when we have, you know, strife and difficulty. 1777, George Washington brings his ragtag Continental Army to Valley Forge. It's snow and it's cold, they have no food. And out of Pennsylvania comes a baker. It was 244 years ago, though. Okay. <laughs> but Christopher Lunken, Christopher Lunken, the baker of Valley Forge, and he plies his skill. He feeds the Continental Army. They recover from that terrible winter, and they go on to win the war that established the republic that created the society we do hold so dear. And then in World War II, jumping ahead to World War II, you know, we saw that we had wonderful leaders, you know, people like Eisenhower, Dwight D. Eisenhower, and Omar Bradley, and George Patton, and we had brave soldiers. But in fact, others were involved. Just a fact, you know, our enemies in World War II were Germany and Japan, and in, in the four years between 1939 and 1942, they produced in their factories 9,500 combat aircraft, it was a lot. But in one year, 1942, the, the factories of the Midwest in this country alone, one year, produced 27,000 aircraft, three times as many. And the reason they did that is because of ordinary people doing extraordinary things, like Rose Will Monroe, who came out of the hills of Kentucky and, she, and went, to went to work in a Willow Run factory in Michigan. And then and learned the skill of riveting for planes. She became known later as Rosie the Riveter, a very famous person. And she and her sisters and her brothers created the industrial substrate that allowed us to win the one war we could not afford to lose. And if you think these are examples in the past, 
We've had a recent example of this. Just, oh, a little over two years ago, we woke up and found ourselves at war. We didn't expect it. It was a different kind of war. And the weapons were things like sheltering and distancing. And there was fear. You might remember the early days. People were worried about the body bags in New York. And in that fear arose everyday people who decided to meet that fear, understood that they had essential skills that needed to be put forth, and met that fear with vigilance and stood their post and kept our society from disintegrating while we engaged and defeated the COVID. These were everyday people who did extraordinary things and they are everyday heroes in America. I know some of them. Paul Fleshner from Algona, Iowa, he's a welder in one of our plants. He was there every day. Frida Warrior, a machinist in our Milwaukee, Wisconsin plant. She was there every day. James Crawford, from Charlotte, North Carolina. She, he, he worked on heavy-duty trucks. And Liam Richardson, who's here with us tonight from Illinois, who worked every day in a garage up here in Illinois. Stand up. Is Liam Richardson here? I don't know. Maybe he is. Anyway, thank you. Look, during that period, it was kind of an interesting thing. During that period, I spoke in the early days to a national convention of public health officials out of New York. And they asked me, well, how does the snap-on factories, you know, when are you going to bring them back? I said, they've never gone home because we need to support the critical mobility and ambulances and, and fire trucks and all the stuff that's in the place. And they, they were, they were yes, they didn't know that anybody was doing that, even though three-quarters of Americans were still working during that period. And I told them, I said, look at this. This is a war. It's a war for our society to keep from disintegrating. And by the way, did you have dinner last night? Did you order anything from Amazon? What did you think happened? That Amazon uh, product or that dinner was probably delivered by a truck driver who couldn't work from home, flown in by a pilot and a crew that couldn't work from home, supported those planes and vehicles were supported by a mechanic who wouldn't couldn't work from home. The products were probably loaded by a warehouse worker who couldn't work from home, and they were produced by a factory worker who couldn't work from home. Just two years ago, we have, a we have demonstrated the power of the many, the everyday people who stood firm against the threat and preserved all we know amidst the gloom. This is your legacy. This is, you inherit this legacy as skills you would say. And you can see the importance of it in your crest right here. The gear, the industrial society. The torch for knowledge. The shield for the American way of life. And the hands for the individual. You are inheritors of that legacy. Those extraordinary people who did everyday, who were everyday heroes. Now, I see that when, when we look forward, we know when we look around this room, and I think you feel it too, you are, as inheritors of that legacy, the guarantors of the future. But what I want to tell you is, the world is watching you now, right now. And the reason is, the reason is, is that people who believe in the future of America, and this is a question about, well, 
where are we going? And it has to do with you. How you act in the next few days and over the next weeks and years and months. Because there are people who would invest in our country. And how, why they invest is they have confidence in the country. And the biggest barometer is confidence is the behavior of the youth. So as you wield your skills, as you master those skills, as you work them, as you display the behaviors of good citizenship and great character that you've been taught here, you help America stay strong and you help us remain the greatest country in the world. Now, you know, there are people, though, who look at the world and say, hey, wait a minute, we can't fill enough of these gaps. We can't fill enough skills. There, there, are, there is a skills gap. You've probably heard about it. There are 900,000 manufacturing jobs. They're unfilled today. So these people are uncertain about the future, and they have great questions about our future. But those people who have questions about our future, I can tell you one thing about them. None of them have ever met a guy named Chad Agruzzo from California, the motorcycle maintenance guy. None, none of them have ever talked to Aaron Roboco from Rhode Island, the cabinet maker. None of them have spent any time with Letitia, Letitia Perkins from Georgia. And I can guarantee none has ever, have ever seen Eric Hernandez of Massachusetts, Second Chance, Massachusetts. And I sure as heck know that they don't know Caleb Trollope from Texas. You see, the thing about it is, the thing about it is, these people, you know, the world looks at you and you basically carry the hope of America. You know, it's a little bit like, you know, have you ever heard of this, you know, I think I've heard of a team called the Sooners. Are they from Oklahoma someplace? Well, when, when the Sooners run out of the field, people scream, just like this. And why do they scream? Because that team is carrying hopes. Well, you carry the hope of America right now. You carry the hope of America. And this is an important characteristic and an important thing you want to know. The world is watching you with regard to that. They want to see how you behave. They want to see your skills. So that you need to consider that. You are the future, but you are also the now. This is your time. The world is watching you. You will affect the future of America right here today, depending on how you, you behave. And I can tell you, knowing the people I know already, America is better for it. So, this is my, uh, my message. Three questions. Who are we? We are unique. We are Americans. 
We are the people of belief who welcomes, who has a commonality around belief. We hold these truths to be self-evident that welcomes people of all races and creed and we become strong because of it. How have we gotten here? We have gotten here through the makers and the fixers and the skills and the capability, everyday people doing extraordinary things, becoming everyday fear heroes, day in and day out, delivering us in good times and in bad, in war. Where are we going? We are going to a future which I have great optimism about. You are the people of the future. You are the guarantors of the future but you are also the people of the now. You're the people of the now. The world is watching you. And what you can say is this, is that, you know, this is a time in which you have a story to make. I urge you to do it. You know, the thing about it is, I look in this audience and I meet people one by one and I come back encouraged and I am encouraged because one of the things I know is that there is no path to ongoing prosperity for America without your success. And without your, and I know you will deliver and with, because without your success, vehicles don't roll. Oil doesn't flow, cities don't rise, economies don't grow, dreams aren't made, planes don't fly, and yes, freedom doesn't ring. The world is depending on you. This is your time, and we are better for it. So let me, so let me just close by saying this. You think a guy with big ears would be able to hold on to this kind of thing? Look, I know it's been difficult to get here. I know you had to do a lot of work. You had to pass a lot of tests. You had to win a lot of contests. So for passing through all the levels and getting here to the nationals to demonstrate your skill and to be here at this great event, you have my congratulations. For enlisting in a special calling, for being one of the makers and fixers, the deployers of skills, to be one of, in the future, the ordinary people who do extraordinary things and being everyday heroes, delivering us from evil day in and day out and in the difficulty against the next storm, you have my admiration. And for allowing me to be, be here with you and enjoy your enthusiasm and get your excitement and be here and have all the fun associated with these, these, uh, these competitions, you have my gratitude. Now. I've talked a lot about time, and this is an event which is special. Today's June 21st. It's the longest day of the year, and in fact, the days you're here will be among the longest days of the year, but they will go by in the flash. I say you make the most of them, starting right now, because it will change your lives, and these lives are the stories of America's future, and they are the signs of America's now. Skills USA is the most important organization today in America. I hope I've made that case to you and you are part of it. This is a life worth living. Be proud of it. Have a great conference. And for what you're gonna mean for America, I thank you all. Right till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black. Got the boosters black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your horse. I've been in the valley.
Mr. Pinchup. That was a very inspiring message. I'm sure everyone in the audience learned something that they can and will apply to their future careers. Thank you. Can't nobody tell me nothing.